to everyone. Um, this is Larry, and uh, I am Corrado, and this is Matthew. And we all are about to begin a retreat. Um, a retreat has always been considered a, a, a very good opportunity to deepen our motivation and our understanding of the Dharma practice. And this is also uh, a retreat for experienced meditators. Um, considering this fact, I think the retreat can begin right now, whereas if it were a retreat for beginners, it would be understood that the retreat begins tomorrow and uh, tonight. Tonight would be a time to settle in. Of course, we have to settle in, but um, since we have some background in meditation, we can already contemplate um, all the mental activity which goes on, all the um, um, solidity, all the reality which very quickly uh, we are giving, we are imparting to things which happened um, in the recent past, like two or three hours ago or uh, this morning or yesterday. And around those uh, images we, um, <clears throat> we fabricate, we conceptualize, uh, we create and recreate our world. Uh, we are here exactly to have a closer look to this mental world which uh, runs our lives um, instead of um, uh, deeply distracting ourselves in many, many ways which uh, we've agreed to consider normal. Um, so I, after such a number of years of practicing and uh, teaching, I am absolutely convinced that uh, a retreat, a seven-day retreat, is an excellent opportunity to get more in touch with all this energy, with all this mental energy, which is, as I said, uh, which runs our, our, our lives. Um, uh, you know, the meditation instructions, the, uh, uh, the silence and the, the, the sangha are excellent supports uh, with regard to this enterprise. I think it's very important to emphasize the right touch 
or otherwise called light touch. In other words, if we face all this material, instead of ignoring it, with a light touch, that uh, over time uh, tends to turn into a, a light touch of trust, of trust into the practice, trust into the Dharma. And Dharma comes from a, a root, dr, which, means, uh, which means support, sustain. So the more we get into this understanding and trust, the more uh, we feel somehow supported. Uh, we feel uh, into the Dharma. And uh, the Dharma is, uh, is, is um, uh, supporting us. Um, again, uh, a retreat is a great help. And since you all are uh, not beginners, um, you know that we have to develop um, the right ways of um, uh, living a retreat. You know, what's called right effort, not too tense, not too not too loose, and learning and relearning this difficult art all the time without uh, getting tired. Uh, I, I, um, um, I've been educated um, in, um, in Italy, and uh, um, by definition, I have a Christian background. And uh, so I, I was uh, um, very much struck by the words of Jesus when he says, pray, and without um, um, getting tired of doing it. Why did he uh, find necessary to add without getting tired? He could have said, pray all the time, period. But he said, pray without getting tired. And don't get tired, actually. said. So we tend to get tired. We never get tired of our movies, mental movies, but we get tired... Um, practicing. I mean, practice is something that uh, uh, quickly becomes too much. Uh, uh, we can be very, um, um, uh, how do you say, very, very um, uh, thrifty. No, thrifty maybe is not the right word, but something like that with, with the practice. Um, just uh, that time, uh, and um, we might think it's an issue of uh, method that uh, we allow the practice just that time. But it's uh, actually um, uh, a situation of being uh, a little bit closed up uh, instead of being opened. And it's uh, something that um, this openness, this opening, uh, tend to learn very gradually through the practice. Now, the opening, traditionally, the opening of a, a retreat is, uh, is uh, marked by the uh, taking of the refuges. Refuge, we take refuge in the Buddha, in the Dharma, and in the Sangha. 
you, know, you you might uh, you might like uh, to conceptualize the refuge in, in different words, but um, the important thing is that um, the meaning of it the meaning of it is a conversion, a, a change of direction instead of getting constantly lost in uh, uh, what our mind says and instead of getting constantly lost in our beliefs, in what our mind says, we um, decide when we take refuge, we decide and decide again without getting tired <laughs> because re refuge is a practice in itself, you know, taking refuge. Decide to change, to change direction and um, to look uh, somewhere else. For, for we look for ease, we look for satisfaction, we look for love, we look for all these uh, crucial values. But um, uh, slowly through the practice, we realize that we are looking in the wrong place and we are looking in the wrong way. So the, the, the taking of the refuges is making a determination and nourishing an aspiration to look uh, for the right place, quote-unquote place, in the right way. And the practice is the right way. And the practice is, 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 is very different from the way we usually live our lives, you know, casually and um, um, often um, self-destructively in gross or subtle ways. Um, so the beginning of a retreat, of a seven-day retreat, is also a good opportunity to, to take a vow, to make a determination, um, um, to deepen this decision to change our direction in our lives. And uh, it, it's, ne it's never too late and it's never too much. So um, take a refuge the way we prefer uh, in our hearts. Um, we have a we have some confidence, we have um, maybe some intuition that um, um, uh, there is something um, beyond uh, suffering and the causes of suffering, and uh, that beyond is uh, uh, full of uh, rest, um, and um, we have some confidence that there is a way uh, to realize this uh, deep, deep rest and that um, there is a potential in us, the Buddha or the Buddha nature, which is just uh, waiting to come to the surface. But uh, for this to take place, all our um, toxins, our um, um, obstructions have to thin out. And uh, this also is uh, practice, uh, um, 
crucial practice and uh, we take refuge in our capacity to do so which is a bold step because uh, often we don't believe we are uh, able to perform this task we think other people are but we are not uh, this is a you know uh, one aspect of uh, um Self-centeredness. It is not true, but we think it's true. So it takes practice to find out that it's absolutely not true. And uh, when we start uh, touching this with a light touch, it's a great, great relief. And uh, it's the beginning of uh, testing the practice. Uh, not ju- not just doing the practice. Um, at the beginning of a retreat, in addition to um, taking the refuges, we um, take the precepts, mm, not killing, not stealing, um, uh, refrain from sexual activity and during the retreat, using uh, right speech and uh, not taking um, um, substances which um, can um, um, alter in any way, even subtle ways, our minds. Um, This is um, an articulate way to say I want to develop a deeper ethical sensitivity because without a deeper ethical moral sensitivity, this aspiration to go beyond all the craziness of our minds has no um, great foundation. So um, sound ethics is the foundation of our inner search. So now we are ready and uh, uh, please Larry. Retreat, going on retreat, it has uh, two emotions come up. One is very positive. Done lots of them. Enjoy doing them myself and also teaching. But it also has another connotation of an army that's losing, you know, that's running away. It's been defeated and is in retreat. So is that why we're here? Uh, have we been defeated by life? We were, what are we running away from? Maybe, maybe you feel that way right now, and that's why we're a retreat's a good word for it. And this can be a place, in fact, it's designed to be a place to help us uh, <clears throat> regain our strength. Of course, the enemy is not out there. And so sometimes I think it should be called an attack. We're coming here for seven days of attack. Uh, <clears throat> but it's a Buddhist attack. There are no weapons, and 
uh, you're everything. You're the enemy. You're you're the good guys, the bad guys. Uh, I'm not going to say too much because uh, as the retreat unfolds, um, <clears throat> this <clears throat> the attitude towards our time here will be emphasized, and just a few little points that uh, you're going to hear over and over and over again. First off, so I don't forget, this is the 20th year that Corrado and I have led this retreat. Uh, And uh, that's an accomplishment. Uh, Our friendship has withstood 20 years of doing this. And um, so we're what is known as elders. Uh, Some of that is very respectful, and some of that I'm not so sure what it means when people say that to us. It might mean that you have to hear the same stories over and over again because we don't remember them. (laughs) And it's very fresh and new to us. Um, But we have been doing it for 20 years, and as I look around, many of you have come to, maybe all, but certainly many of them. But one person will be absent uh, on this retreat. She has done all of them. Her name is Tamara Engel, and she has a very, very serious ailment. Uh, And so she and a friend who's attending to her are following the same schedule and actually, this is a bit much, but listening to tapes, uh, the email was, what night is Corrado giving the talk? So I have a tape of Corrado, what night am I? And so they're trying to duplicate it. But I'd like to dedicate whatever benefit comes from uh, our practicing together uh, to tomorrow. She's uh, been here, um, I'm not sure of all 20, but certainly most and just didn't have the energy in the state that she's in physically. Um, A central attitude, I think can be, we can use a simple metaphor of the breath, which of course you're going to be practicing breath awareness a fair amount, some of you more than others. When we exhale, we exhale what we no longer need. It's over, stale, dead. Uh, The body works beautifully that way so that we can breathe in what's fresh and new. Um, And the attitude I like to encourage, and we'll definitely be going into this a lot more, is, uh, again, typically there's a vocabulary that seems to accompany retreats, whereas daily life is what we go back to from wherever we've retreated from. Um, And as if there's no daily life here. But as far as I can tell, there's only daily life wherever you go. I mean, do you stop going to the toilet? Do you stop washing? Uh, Do we not notice each other even though we have averted gaze and we don't speak? I think everything that goes on there, in quotes, goes on here, in quotes. Except here in this form of life, uh, it's quieter, and we do certain things much more, we do more, let's say, contemplative practice than we do at home, typically. But there, we, you'll have a yogi job. The breath metaphor simply means whatever you do, really do it. Uh, offer yourself up to it, do it wholeheartedly, and begin to see the ways in which you're not doing that, where it's difficult, you have reservations, or 
Uh, and that, of course, yogi job, eating, nothing is trivial. So that attitude. And then when it's over, exhale it. That activity is completely over so that you make room for the next inhalation or the next situation, whatever that situation is. It might be formal sitting. It might be formal walking. It might be tying your shoelaces. So that more and more uh, we can uh, try to sustain a kind of a continuity of attention. But uh, as Corrado pointed out, uh, we can easily exhaust ourselves by trying to be continuous. So it's a relaxed openness. It's more uh, an intent. You, you're not going to be able to be mindful every moment. It's ridiculous to think you will be. And you can use that as a new form of suffering. Actually, we give you many new forms of suffering that you didn't have if you never heard of meditation. Uh, and, of course, you still have the old ones, so I'm not sure why we're here. But um, So relaxation is a word you're going to hear a lot of. Uh, I, I'm going to give uh, sitting instructions in a few moments. But throughout the day, um, it's not a, a muscular straining, trying to be awake, so much as an, a relaxed alertness and just being with what's next, whatever next is. That's all. We don't have to make it so special. And yet it is special because we're being sensitive not only to the activity, but to the mind's play around that activity. Um, in the sitting posture, uh, you know, you've been sitting listening to the manager's instructions and now this. Maybe if you want to just stand and stretch, because we will start to sit. Um, and uh, you may want to just stand up for a few moments before we... It won't be a long sitting. Many of you have come a long distance, and it would be good to get a good night's rest. Okay. Tomorrow, when you, um, as I assume you all know, that uh, mindful yoga will be available. Uh, Matthew will be teaching the mindful yoga, and we're we're uh, devised a form of yoga where, of course, it'll be familiar. Many people, if not all of you, have done some yoga. But we're trying to uh, develop, refine, and put into practice a form of yoga that is of one piece with dharma. Uh, so that when you do yoga, it's not really different than walking meditation or anything else. And, of course, the main thing you'll be doing in yoga are practicing different asanas. And the classical definition of uh, perfecting an asana, and Matthew will uh, say more tomorrow before our first yoga session, which I think, well, maybe you don't know. It's optional. It will be optional. It will be in the afternoon. Um, is that a posture needs to be comfortable and stable, both. And that's a good metaphor for the whole day. Uh, can the mind learn to be both stable and comfortable, relaxed and alert? 
steady. But uh, if, we, if our uh, alertness is at the price of tension, tightness, that's not going to work. Then again, if we get, become so relaxed with the body, a certain kind of really lax, uh, that's not going to work either. So we have to find a way so that uh, there's, the body is relaxed and comfortable. And that attitude uh, is something you can check throughout the day. If you find that you're really tense, no matter what you're doing, pause and see what that's about. But let's begin right now and assume you've already begun to do it. What is the best sitting posture for you? It's an asana. It's a yoga posture originally, time of the Buddha and thousands of years before the Buddha. Uh, So get as comfortable and as stable as you can arrange the body to be. Whether you're in a chair or a bench or sitting cross-legged is not relevant. Um, it's always good for the to learn how to help the body learn how to be both comfortable and stable. So it's a physical foundation from which our awareness can have a a, a, a strong physical home to take a look at what's happening, which is sometimes stormy. In this posture, it's very helpful if the head, the neck, the back are in a straight line. Again, upright, but not tense, not stiff. Straighten up from inside the body. If the chin is tilted downwards just a little bit, that helps the breathing. That would be good. Not too much. And so the body is upright. And... Is there any tension in the body before we begin the meditation instructions? Just take a few moments to move through the body. And if you see any obvious places of tension, it's not so much a matter of relaxing those places, but bringing mindfulness to the place of tension. When mindfulness touches the tension, something seems to happen. It seems to soften on its own. Typical place where tension accumulates is the jaw. Sometimes we're very determined. This is going to be, I'm going to make the most of this seven days. This is my one retreat for the year. Uh, I'm going to get a good investment out of a good return for my investment time here. The determination is actually setting you back. It's a quiet passion. The resolve is much more subtle than that. Sometimes the shoulders are tight because they're poised for action as well. Or the eyes are squeezed shut very tightly. You just have to see it, and usually the body responds when it's touched by the energy of seeing. Mindfulness, awareness, attention. If you like, take two or three breaths, deep breaths, a little deeper than your normal breathing, but not forced, don't overdo it, just to get the breathing going a bit. And take a look at the mind itself, just briefly. What kind of mind are we beginning our practice with? Is there apprehension, enthusiasm, optimism, pessimism? 
Is the mind still back home? Something that happened at work and it's still with you? Just see it. Don't do anything about it. Just notice where you're the starting point of the mind and the body. And then if you like, you can close your eyes. Some of you like to keep your eyes half open. Different traditions emphasize one or another. Whichever one is most practical for you, whichever one helps you stay alert, I'm for that one. And then begin to notice that you're breathing. Each and every one of us in this hall, right at this moment, is breathing. Because we're alive. Each one of us is alive. And we're contemplating the breathing isn't a mechanical exercise at all. It's a, we're being sensitive to a, such a basic life process. All of us share it. We're all breathing. We're all alive right now, here. And taking it one breath at a time. And a very important skill is learn the art of allowing. We have no particular design on the breath. It's not that it has to be a certain way. I'm assuming that you already know where you follow the breath. Some people prefer locating their attention at the nostrils, some at the abdomen. I know some of you are working with the whole body and the breath sensations as the lungs fill up and empty. And remember, I think for everyone in this hall, these are just reminders. You've heard all this. What we're attending to are actual sensations. As the lungs fill up and empty, there's an impact. There's an impact. You can feel the sensitive tissue in the nostrils, the upper lip. Wherever you're stationed, wherever you've st- stationed your attention. And the art of allowing means exactly what it sounds like. We're learning how to let the breath happen, not make it happen. Just leave the breath alone. Let it do the job. It knows what to do. It's not a yoga, yogic breathing. It's not pranayama. It's not breath therapy, as valuable as those practices are. It's practice in awareness and learning how to stay awake through all the different qualities that the breath assumes. Sometimes the breath is very attractive, smooth, flows nicely. At other times, it's even painful as the breath fights its way in and out. Can we stay awake, independent of the quality of the breath? That's valuable. And learning how not to control, to try to manipulate, to make the breath be a certain way, just to let it happen, and then to receive it. Be present, to receive it as it happens, in the way that it happens. Our home is to be awake. Be in that in us which knows, which is aware, mindful, attentive, whatever language you like. More and more, that's our home. And the, Let the breath come to you, it does. No extra effort is needed. The breath is working even in our sleep. 
who is sitting upright, comfortable, best we can, and in touch, sensitive to this process of the breath, of the air coming in and out, As we breathe in and breathe out, the mind doesn't necessarily stop. Thoughts are chasing each other through the mind, through that space that we call the mind. The body feels a certain way. The room has a temperature which we feel. Whatever is happening is happening, and we're learning how to peacefully coexist with all that is not breath, all that's other than breath. But what is featured are the breath sensations, in and out. So we're not trying to stop thinking. We're also not holding on to thoughts. We just let all that happen. The main focus each breath exactly as it happens, being present to receive it. When it ends, being there in that pause, and ready for the next breath to happen. And, as everyone in this hall knows, from time to time our attention goes elsewhere. The mind hears these instructions, knows them all too well. So what? It has other places to go to that interest it more. Maybe it's something about the future, some imagining about what the future is going to be like, horrible, wonderful, or it dips into the past. These are two mind states where we we live out a lot of our life. If you see what distracts your attention from the breathing, as many of us have done, you see that good chance that much of it is either about something that hasn't happened that we're imagining will happen or something that's over with, never to return, and that we're reliving the trace of it, the memory of it. And again and again, we come back to the breathing and how we come back is very important so that we don't take the joy out of the practice. We we don't turn it into some grim medicinal activity. If the mind gets caught up, wanders, and is not with the breathing, as soon as we see it, we just ease back very gracefully, without blame, no need to keep score, turn things into problems. We just come back. If the mind leaves the breath many times, we come back many times. Why we call it a practice. But it's not just the coming back that's so important, it's how we come back. If you come back and it's a struggle, like you've made a mistake and you pull it back, that quality is not helpful. So it's just easing back, knowing that this is part of what we're learning. How to place our attention somewhere, in this case, breathing, 
for as long as we wish it to be there. And this will be our practice, certainly for this evening, and throughout the retreat, it will be something that we'll be doing to a greater or a lesser extent. And the remaining few minutes of this sitting, it won't be a long sitting. Let's all practice together. Sitting, breathing, and knowing.
Please listen very carefully to the sound of the bell as you breathe in and as you breathe out. Hope we have a very harmonious and wonderful retreat together. As you know, even though it's only seven days, a little world springs up, a little community in silence, where uh, it's it's possible to support each other, enjoy each other, and even if we bother each other, we can learn from it. So get a good night's rest, and tomorrow morning we'll go at it again. Tomorrow will be a relatively quiet day for us all to settle down, settle in. See you tomorrow. Uh, please don't forget to uh, take um, the chanting sheets and the bulletin board. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.